0: Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight.
1: I hope you've shut the door because the closet is now officially open. No one under the age of 18 should be part of this conversation. Let me welcome Dr. Prithi Ramlakan, who's the past president of the African Society for Sexual Medicine. Thank you very much for joining us once again this evening, Dr. Ramlakan.
0: Good evening, Patricia, and thanks for having me.
1: We're going to be talking sexual problems and uh, hopefully getting some solutions for both men and women. But before we get into that conversation, um, Doc, can you just give us an understanding as to what is it that you do at the African Society for Sexual Medicine?
0: The African Society for Sexual Medicine was established as a process by which we could get to almost every healthcare worker, practitioner in Africa, to allow them access to evidence-based teaching, education, and methods on how to overcome sexual difficulty in our people. And as we know, without sexuality and intimacy, we really are not giving holistic care to our patients. And, And that is what's missing in Africa, not even Africa, in the world. So the core action of coming together of the African Society of Sexual Medicine was to bring everyone together to reach sexual, reproductive, and family health to everyone in Africa. That's where we started, and that's where we are in our quest to do that. Actually, the the African Society of Sexual Medicine is proud that it's a one society in the world that actually has an online course in sexual medicine, which you can access. It's not a diploma or a certificate course, but if you do it, you will become fairly knowledgeable in sexual medicine just by being a member of the society. And if people want to join the, the website, the www.assmweb.org and they become members. So all healthcare professionals can not necessarily healthcare professionals. We also invite uh, uh, social workers etc who sometimes uh, i feel as if they're not part of the team that deals with sexual issues but they are major players in this cog that looks after sexual health even counselors who work in rural areas treating with people with cancer and and how they handle cancer and sexuality when the treatment for cancer is over and how they regain their sexuality. Because when you get the diagnosis of cancer, it is a mind-blowing experience because it affects everyone, the family, the couple, the person, all of that. But once I recover, now I want to regain my life. And lots of our people are left really in the dark on how to regain their sexuality. So that is the aim and, and the purpose and objectives of the African Society for Sexual Medicine. And at present, our president is uh, Professor Seringi Gai from, from Senegal. Our secretary is Dr. Tamari Isho from Kenya. And I, at the present moment, am the secretary. I was the previous president. Of the society.
1: Well, I tell you, it's a very important uh, work that you do. After all, even Sigmund Freud did put uh, sexual um, needs as, as one of those that are very important for us humans. So a we are talking today, the sexual problems that you have and some solutions that you are looking for. Perhaps you've been through a sickness um, or you're currently experiencing some ailments in your body and it's affecting you sexually. Or you're a woman who has just given birth or you know a man who has a a wife who's pregnant and these things are causing sexual issues or perhaps you've you've you know come out of the closet and you now realize that you have a sexual orientation that is different to the norm and you now want to explore more but you finding challenges, please call in 11 or send an SMS 41391, WhatsApps go to 614 Here's a voice note from an a
2: uh, Good evening, uh, Patricia. Uh, I hear you are saying that you want to solve our uh, sexual problems uh well I, I would like to know mm, <laughs> what do you do when you feel like uh your manhood is um, is proportionally challenged uh, okay w- how do you get get rid of that feeling uh especially when it becomes uh, a problem to your sexual drive.
1: Okay, Doc, that's the first question. Manhood is proportional. I, I don't know how.
0: Yeah, I think the prop- proportionality that being referred to can be many things, and one of the things is, is penis size. I think that is where we always have difficulty in how anyone perceives uh, their manhood or even what they have. You know, I always say that men, and we've taken videos of these. We take videos of men at the urinal, and they're all standing there peeing. And instead of the guy looking where he's peeing, he's actually looking at the guy next door to see what size he's got or what (laughs) the guy next door got. And that is what it is. And when he's sitting in a restaurant, you look at what, The other guy is eating, you're not happy with what you have on your own plate. You have the most beautiful woman next to you, but you look at the other woman, meanwhile you're not missing what you've got next to you. And that is part of the human experience. so sexual concerns are always part of the human experience, but they're not really dysfunctional. And penis size is really becoming a major problem uh, around the world uh, in fact, penis enlargement surgery in the United Kingdom is now more common than breast surgery, which was number one previously. So it's showing you how this is happening worldwide. But when we when we get uh, our, our our male uh, 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 patients or even I'll call them persons, to us, and they and they start to bring up the issue, and when we go through the process of explaining the length of the vagina, the size of the vagina, the size of a normal penis, and in the rooms one has got the actual sizes of of the penis that is the average size worldwide. We're not, always everybody wants to compare to these super sizes they see in, in, in movies, which are pornographic movies, and that's not the norm. And we first thing show them what is the norm and look at their expectations. And then we show them what is normal, And we simply show them on their hands the length of the vagina and the length of the penis, and we ask them to measure their penis, but not a penis that is not erect. Now, a lot of men make the mistake of comparing the size of a non-erect penis. Remember, the non-erect penis can shrink right down to very small size. But when it erects, it will erect quite nicely. And the normal average size of an erect penis is between 9 to 13 centimeters, 13 centimeters, 12 to 13 being the average. The average length of a vagina is between 9 to 12 centimeters. So if you look at that, having a 40 centimeter penis, is not going to give you any advantage because only 9 to 10 centimeters is going to enter the vagina. So we, we, we show it to men that way. We measure their penises, show that it is normal. And suddenly they realize, wait a minute, I'm... I'm okay, I'm, I'm not out of this picture. <laughs> well, Those who get impacted by that,
1: uh-huh.
0: suddenly start to have, and it's all about what we also look at in women, and that is body image. Body image or insecurity about image is a major difficulty in all aspects of life. So that we have to address also. So we bring that all together, and suddenly everyone sees the picture and they realize no oh, I'm, I'm actually good and and i'm actually quite in keeping what is the norm worldwide and so, so doctor to answer reassuring. to answer
1: our our guest um if he'd like perhaps to augment his penis size um there is surgery for this yes okay
0: there but is my, surgery. but but my point is that it is not something we should do and take lightly because, you know, you're going to start interfering with structures structure of the penis. And the last thing you want to do and the, 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 the rule in medicine is something's not broken. Don't try to fix it, but then you'll break it.
1: I agree. Okay, let's go to Bucks on the line. Bucks,
0: good evening. Good evening. Good evening to the doctor. Good evening, sir. Yeah, Doc. Uh, I'm a long distance driver. Uh, no pressure, no sugar, nothing of that sort. I'm 60 years old. Uh, I'm at home like uh, twice a week, uh, from Sunday to Sunday. My my sex is like if I have to sleep at home. Doc is uh, one night is three rounds for me. Natural, just natural. Is that a problem, or just enjoying myself?
1: Thanks for the question, Bugs.
0: Okay. <laughs> Doc? Okay, so so Bugs has a, a, a quite normal sex life. He doesn't have any difficulty with it, so he's he's good. So he should just say, wow, I'm, I'm blessed.
1: All right. And keep it
0: like that. Yeah.
1: All right, let's go to a voice note.
3: Uh, good evening, Patricia, and your guest there. Um, I'd like to quickly ask the doctor. Um, I've been... Um not sexually active for the past eighteen months after my divorce. And then recently I've just found um, a nice lady that I'm dating. Um, she only visits me on weekends. The problem is um, when we start having sex, uh, I-, I can't just stop. You know, I'll go on and on and on day and night. You know, I have this uh, non-stop erection and then she feels like, you know what, maybe I'm using something. She uh, she can't take it anymore, you know, because I don't know. I have this erection when um, she's around with me. When I start doing it, I can't just stop. Um, and um, I'm healthy. I'm OK. um, I don't smoke. I don't drink. I exercise a lot. And uh, it pains me because sometimes she accuses me of maybe uh, taking some herbs um, or whatever, and I'm doing none of those things. So I just want to find out. I mean, the time that I've spent not doing anything um, will in a way have an effect to what is happening to me
0: right now.
1: Doc, over to you.
0: So Patricia, we have uh, uh, our client who's, XD should realize what was happening previously compared to now and whether it's different. That's the first thing. The second thing is that we do have men who have erections that uh, last quite a long time. In fact, some of them don't even ejaculate at all. And those are the extraordinary, not the norm. So right now, he, he would look at his relationship with his partner and, and ask himself, what would happen to my partner? Because a well-lubricated vagina will accept a penis for a certain time. After a while, that vagina will go dry because it can't cannot be stimulated and aroused all the time. So he has to look at that also in his relationship with his partner and say, okay, if I've had so much sex, is that okay for me, my partner is comfortable, And therefore, I can stop now and restart if I want to again. And that's a discussion they need to have in ways he's he's unable or his inability to to control that is something I think he needs to look at himself. But that he's got the prowess to be having an election that's not going down uh, is something that we need to worry about because Sometimes when you have an erection that stays and does not go down at all, you can start to get destruction to the penis, which is a condition called priapism. But it doesn't seem like he has that, but he needs to look at that in totality. So he should get an examination and check to see if he doesn't have any underlying conditions that's contributing to him having this, I would say, almost ever-ready erection that will last forever.
1: I want to hear problems from ladies, man. Ladies, don't you have any sexual problems that you want to ask about? Um, please call in, call in, ladies. We, are, we, are, I'm hearing the guys' problems, and it's, it's no, it's not only about them. We want to help you as well. WhatsApp 0614104107 or SMS 41391. Call on 0117142006. Here's another voice note.
2: Hello, Patricia and Doctor. On the studios yeah anonymous here yeah. I just want to know uh, how 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 much uh, is it a uh, cost for penis enlargement because uh, my partner is kind. day of, she says that uh, I can't I can't uh, give her enough so she said that I, I am I am too short, so I just need to know how much uh, is it cost for penis enlargement, anonymous.
1: Doc, do you know what the roundabout ball figure is for penis enlargement?
0: Again, uh, the the figures can run between forty to sixty five thousand uh, for the process, uh, and that would be a true penis enlargement. Then there are other methods that people use to increase penis size by injecting some uh, filler into the subcutaneous layer in the penis. So there's many methods that can be used for that. Uh, but in the end, it's important that the person who would like the procedure done is fully counseled about the penis enlargement before they attempt it, because Again, it is, will they be satisfied with what they get as an end result? That is the point. And it's important for that.
1: Thanks. All right. Uh, So, yeah, that's the price. And... Ask yourself that question Would you be satisfied So this is the question here It says good evening Pattern S.F.M. Family please ask the good doctor for me Last time I had a sexual intercourse It was in 2017 In March and that woman Hurt me so badly since then I lost interest to have sex Is that problematic Anonymous in Bethlehem in the free state Is it problematic to not uh, be sexually in-
0: Active In, in, in in all cases of any type of, I will call it, not abuse, but more uh, a problem of pain and injury, whenever you have pain from anything, you keep it in your brain as a poor experience. And that poor experience is what you will come forth whenever you think about things. So the key is to undergo some sort of healing regarding that poor experience and say, Look, but that was not how sex was all the time. This was the one experience that I had that did that to me. What I have to do now is actually go back, relive that and close that chapter and say, that has happened. And, and, and then now I will move on with my sex life because sex has never been like that all the time. This was the one experience or the two experiences or the three experiences that were poor and gave me pain. And I need to overcome that hurt or that assault, or that abuse that I had in that case.
1: Thanks. Another question here via SMS uh, from an anonymous who says, Hi, I have a problem. I can't precisely identify my sexuality. Sometimes I randomly crush uh, on those super fine men, sometimes ladies, but it's very rare. Recently, I developed something for tomboys. I don't know who I'm interested in. Can the doctor please help? I'm a male, and I'm uh, aged 28.
0: So, the, the gender is a flux, uh, and, and that is what we're finding worldwide at the moment. Is that <clears throat> so? You're born with your biology. And uh, sorry, sorry. You're born with your biology. You're either male or female or by birth, and how you're defined. And then you you develop, and you you are championed and you structured socially. So in your social structuring and familial process, you can now start to attain your gender, which is the way you practice and the way you want to live your life. And therefore, if you look at how, and and, and this is where the big fight happened in the United States, uh, when uh, work was done on what sexuality is, especially in men, And when they looked at it and they said, if you take the number from one to six, men will be on either zero being completely homosexual and six being completely heterosexual. And in between, they would have this waving of wherever you want to be. And that is how it was. And and the work that was done Set the United States on its head because for the first time it showed up uh, homosexual relationships. And the United States at that time in the 1960s was a very uh, a country that was very uh, into religion and, and, and didn't want this as that. And when this was put forward by Kinsey and his workers, they actually withdrew his grant for the work that he had done. And and because of that uh, a lot of uh, the work that came out of there showed that there was this flux that was occurring in the domain of what was mainly perceived and was heterosexual sex that was being practiced in the world where the world didn't have all these other shades of gray as they call it so that would be the flux so so how you attracted will be. Then it depends on who you have sex and which part you have sex with. So who and which part, and that's where you start to to create the differences. So you can can have bisexual relationships, heterosexual relationships, homosexual relationships as a flux, or you can be completely only or part of what you have sex with. So it's a flux, and, and, and that flux will be Answered, but how you are defining your gender in this whole process.
1: Thanks. Okay, so uh, let me let me quickly go to this message. It says I don't come when I'm sleeping with a lady. I tried men's clinic, but it, it didn't help. Doc, what can I do?
0: So so this would be what one can call delayed ejaculation or an ejaculation. And one has to differentiate this between orgasmic process and ejaculatory process. And ejaculation is when men have that experience of emission of the semen into the urethra, so they have this feeling. But orgasm is a central event. So orgasm occurs centrally in the brain. Ejaculation occurs in the penis. So ejaculation is a peripheral process or a distant process in the, in the penis, whereas orgasm is a process in the brain. Now, because it happens almost simultaneously, a lot of men don't differentiate. So the the, the, the caller would have to look at whether he's orgasmic or not orgasmic, and that's one, then whether he's ejaculating or not ejaculating. So if he's a, an ejaculator, that means somebody who's not ejaculating at all, And we're finding this becoming a little more common nowadays, and that is because of an increased frequency of masturbation in in some men who become so uh, obsessed with with, with masturbation that because they masturbate so much, they become almost uh, non-masturbatory, non-ejaculatory. So we try to bring back in them a closeness of, feeling to bring them into a sensation that starts to teach them to reach and get that feeling of what an ejaculation is again and that reinforces it. So we do that with them. There are a few drugs that we can use also, which if he sees his doctor, he can see them and sort of talk. Men's clinic at the present moment is is a lot involved in 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 ejaculation sorry, in erection processes but they do have and give some advice on ejaculation. But if you see your your doctor, urologist, he should be help you to, to get over that process. Not Doc, an easy one to overcome.
1: Doc, while we're still talking about orgasms, why is it that there are some women who find it difficult to reach orgasm? I remember yesterday we got a message like that, um, a, a lady saying she's never had an orgasm. So
0: in the world, uh, studying science, uh, we know that only 40 to 47% or approximately 40 to 50% of women are truly orgasmic. Almost 50% are not. And and, and that is the lies the difficulty, but that does not mean they will not be orgasmic. It depends on, on the, the, the stimulation. It depends on the organs being stimulated and it depends on the methods and techniques that are being used in this whole process. The the system that that, that works when you're trying to treat or, or look after women who have orgasmic uh, difficulty is to start to create a heightened uh, perception of awareness of the vulva and the arousal in that area. We, we give them what we call stimulators to stimulate the clitoris so they actually experience the clitoral uh, orgasm. And when they experience that, they suddenly realize that, oh okay yeah wait wait a minute I, I actually can be orgasmic then there's partner difficulties and and if the partner is unable to maintain contact between the vagina and penis for about nine to 12 minutes then we find that those women can be not orgasmic so we encourage the partner and teaching techniques to to last as long as about 10, nine to 12 minutes that it gives them orgasmic uh, uh, processes. And there's lots of issues that one can bring about uh, that you can assist with in, in patients who have orgasmic difficulty. So teaching them and encouraging them to explore their their sexuality and orgasmic uh, process starts to give them a new feel, and they suddenly realize that, oh, wait a minute, I, I can be orgasmic. And then starts a new feeling of where they are and how
1: they appreciate God. Okay, let's go to voice notes.
4: Good evening, Patricia, the doctor and the a uh, Patricia, mine is just a small one. Uh, I'm worried about my grandson. You know, his manhood is very, 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 very small very very small actually i've never seen uh, and that's a size of manhood like that so i'm worried because now he's also now gaining weight and it's like it's getting you know inside getting back towards the back i just want to find the doc find out from the doctor if is there's anything wrong with it or should we take him to the urologist or oh, nothing is wrong, he'll be fine. But I'm actually worried, that's all. You're speaking to Dombigaisu, thank you, Patricia.
1: Oh, Dombigaisu, you're such a wonderful grandmother. You are such a wonderful grandmother. Okay, Doc, is there anything wrong with the grandson?
0: The starting point would be we've seen a lot of childhood obesity. And, and what we're finding is that a lot of the penis is lying buried in what's called suprapubic fat. And when we actually press the fat right down and we show the parents or the grandparents this penis that's hiding in the fat, they suddenly realize that this child's got a nice sized penis. So weight loss is one of the first things that needs to happen in somebody who actually is getting what we call a buried penis or a penis obstructed by suprapubic fat. True micro penis or small penis is, is not, a, not a very common occurrence. It does occur, and, and that's where those uh, children will get surgery done to enlarge the penis, and that is by relaxing the ligaments that hold the penis to the bone of the pelvis. So what we do is we go down there and release those ligaments so that the penis can come forward and therefore now we'll be looking bigger and take it. So, micro penis is there, but it's not very common. Very penis common, increased pubic fat common. And therefore, one needs to look at that or get the child examined and see if he's overweight or obese, and, and, and that needs to be sorted out.
1: So should, the, should the grandmother go to a urologist, or can a, a GP do this?
0: I think it starts with the GP, so the GP will be able to assess the true size of the penis by examining it and see exactly what the size is and what we call the stretch length. So you can actually, even if it's a child, it doesn't matter that he's not having an erection. So like I said, you must always look at the size of an erect penis, never what we call a flaccid or a non-erect penis because a non-erect penis cannot give you true size. But you can stretch the penis, and when you stretch it, you can actually see how big it can stretch when it does erect. So that is what you try to do and work out the size and keep it with the norms of sizes and you'll be fine.
1: Okay, let's go to another question.
2: Hello Patricia you Doctor. Uh, I think the size doesn't really matter because myself I survived it for a long time with my smaller size. But the thing which bothers me now is the performance, because I seem to, lo- uh, to lose this performance. So uh, anyway, I don't think I would like to have a, a larger size which everyone would look at my pants always. But anyway, uh, I just want to ask the doctor, what makes one loses his uh, performance? Uh, maybe he can explain that better. And what can we do?
1: Over to you, Dr. Ramlakan.
0: So starting point would be a, a very valid uh, process about, uh, it's not mm-hmm. about the size, of the performance. And I didn't want to say that earlier, because if I said that, <laughs> I'd be too well. You're being judgmental. And the point is that it, what, what the caller just said is, is perfectly in, in keeping that it's all about the performance and the relationship and the loving, because it's not only about the size of the penis that makes women orgasmic. It's you. It's about you. The, 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 the what I call the good, bad, bittersweet, dark, light, summer, winter process with you that excites somebody it's not about how big this penis is. And that is what we're saying. So what we're saying to all all the couples out there is that soon you're gonna be saying, well, why don't you have this or whatever, it's not the point. This point about what changes the performance and, and, and the biggest contributed performance is age. And secondly is how that relationship is being tantalized and and, and I always ask my my, my my couples to to do what I call a first date again, where you where you do a first date again. And, and, I, and I use this all the time. I say, you go today and you go on a first date. And I want you to meet your partner for the first time and re-explore between the two of you what you'll have in common and, 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 and take that forward. So that when you do this re-experience and this new process, suddenly you you pep up your performance. See? So it's like having an affair with your with your partner. And, and that's the key, not with your neighbor or somebody else, but having an affair with your partner. And, and people always tell you that they're always super in affairs, but they're not super in their partnership. And the reason is because you should have an affair with your partner, not with somebody else. Mm. And that is what you want. You want to create this beautiful uh, uh, feeling that the two of you share. And then you find that performances, satisfaction, uh, uh, being expectation met, no anxiety, no performance anxiety, nothing. Because you and your partner have decided that this is what the two of you want to make it good for the two of you, not for anybody else.
1: Let's go to Lucas. Uh, Lucas, good evening.
0: Good evening, Patricia and your daughter. Good evening. Now, I've got just a, a question. I don't know whether it's an assumption. Is this thing that they advertise it, uh, maybe on sweating uh, or Denison that they are creams that are... Uh, are meant for enlargement, is it uh, it true that they are waiting or not?
1: All right, thanks for the question, Lucas. Doctor?
0: Thank you. So so remember, there is a a process out there where because of the vanity of man, there's a proliferation. And you can see that every traffic light, I, I don't think there's a single traffic light pole that does not have a sign saying Innocent large. You want more rounds. Your partner's left. You will bring your partner back. Home this number. We guarantee you the best sex, et cetera. Almost every light pole has got that advert because it's addressing a vanity. It's addressing something that men are expressing. And, and most of these are, are all processes that are being made up because I can, I can tell you that it'll work. It will irritate your penis, and suddenly the skin becomes irritated for a few days. It looks bigger for a short while, and then that irritation will disappear, and that swelling will go away. So then enlargement will be gone, and you'll have to start all over again. So if I may liken it to women who take fuller shots on their faces, and you've seen it, they, they look very nice when they do up the shots on their faces, the fullest. but those are hyaluronic fillers and those fillers will slowly go down and they'll have to take more shots again. So it's something you'll have to keep on doing. So penis enlargement, again, is feeding into a process where people are not happy with what they see. But if you start to get people to realize that what they have is what you have, and you should be happy with what you have, you've got a penis that's working, it erects well, it ejaculates well, that's the starting point, and that's makes you comfortable. The Other side is, is people start to battle because as you have intercourse more and more, you get larger vaginas. And this is where we have to start to encourage our, 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 our partners to now start to do their Kegels or pelvic tightening exercises. So that the penis, the vagina gets tighter. So what happens is the penis is not lost in the vagina, which usually happens during exciting stimulation because of the what happens in the vagina. The vagina balloons because it's preparing for this beautiful expulsion of the semen. It creates a balloon and a pocket where the semen can sit and therefore the sperm can swim into the uterus as part of a nature process. So that's where it will always come to. But there are all the products being sold out there, and they basically based on irritating creams or irritating tablets that irritate the lining of the penis, make it look a little swollen, and therefore feel as if it's getting larger. And Not- then you get men who go and put beads under the skin, etc., just to make it more exciting. There's a whole host of things, Patricia. It's unbelievable what is being done out there at the moment.
1: My goodness. Okay, so Anonymous says, uh, good question on women's orgasms, uh, Patricia. Uh, For my observation, my wife's only had vaginal orgasm once in the 26 years we've been together. Otherwise it's just regular clitoral orgasms. How can I assist her to have more vaginal orgasms?
0: Okay, so there's two methods and, and the one, was, like I said, we need to increase the time of Penile-vaginal contact. So in the studies done, and I'm quoting from studies that were done, so then we have the data as a as a scientific type of data. Sex is not a science, but uh, it, we have to study it to give the answer. So between 9 to 12, 13 minutes of contact penis-vagina, they found that women were more orgasmic than those who didn't have that long time of contact, in women who were non-orgasmic. The second uh, type of orgasmic stimulation is a method where you do not have the penis and the body of the man going in and out, but more a rocking type of movement that rocks over the pelvis. So it's more a rocking type of movement and not an in and out type of movement. If I may liken it, women who take fuller shots on their faces and you've seen it they they look very nice when they do up the shots on their faces with the fillers but those are hyaluronic fillers and those fillers will slowly go down and they'll have to take more shots again so it's something you'll have to keep on doing so penis enlargement again is feeding into a process where people are not happy with what they see but if you start to get people to realize that what they have is what you have and you should be happy with what you have. You've got a penis that's working, it erects well, it ejaculates well. That's the starting point and that makes you comfortable. The other side is, is people start to battle because as you have intercourse more and more, you get larger vaginas. And this is where we have to start to encourage our, 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 our partners to now start to do their kegels or pelvic tightening exercises so that the penis, the vagina gets tighter. So what happens is the penis is not lost in the vagina, which usually happens during exciting stimulation because of the what happens in the vagina. The vagina balloons because it's preparing for this beautiful expulsion of the semen. It creates a balloon and a pocket where the semen can sit and therefore the sperm can swim into the uterus as part of a nature process. So that's where it will always come to. But there are all the products being sold out there, and they're basically based on irritating creams or irritating tablets that irritate the lining of the penis, make it look a little swollen, and therefore feel as if it's getting larger. And then you get men who go and put beads under the skin, et cetera, just to make it more exciting, There's a whole host of things, Patricia. It's unbelievable what is being done out there at the moment.
1: My goodness. Okay, so Anonymous says, uh, good question on women's orgasms, uh, Patricia. Uh, For my observation, my wife's only had vaginal orgasm once in the 26 years we've been together. Otherwise, it's just regular clitoral orgasms. How can I assist her to have more vaginal orgasms?
0: Okay, so there's two methods, and, and the one was, like I said, we need to increase the time of penile-vaginal contact. So in the studies done, and I'm quoting from studies that were done, so then we have the data as a, as a scientific type of data. Sex is not a science, but uh, it, we have to study it to give the answer. So between 9 to 12, 13 minutes of contact penis-vagina, they found that women were more, orgasmic than those who didn't have that a long time of contact in women who are non-orgasmic the second uh, type of orgasmic stimulation is a method where you do not have the penis and the body of the man going in and out but more a rocking type of movement that rocks over the pelvis so it's more a rocking type of movement and not an in-and-out type of movement that makes women orgasmic. So the systems that you can use are all different. The, the other way is actually is to, is to create Because remember, When you look at the clitoris, the clitoris has innovations running all the way backwards to almost what people call the G-spot in the vagina, and that is the extension of the clitoris, nerve fibers, etc., down into that area. So in the penis, in the vagina, you got the G-spot area. You've got the clitoral area. So you can have G-spot orgasms. You can have clitoral orgasms. And remember, the G-spot is still also under question as to whether it truly exists or not. And that is the other aspect. So when stimulation of these different areas occur, then one can create and get the vaginal orgasm in place. So uh, if the caller can work on that and, and work on those areas, you find that the organic can occur.
1: Doctor Ramblakan, there are still more questions, but unfortunately, our time is uh, fast spent. So we'll need you to please give us contact details uh, for our a teamers who need to get some solutions to their sexual problems.
0: Uh, my 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 contact number in Durban zero three one five double seven eight nine three two. Uh, yeah, so that's the number that I have. So we, we they can, if they in up, they can book an appointment uh, and we take it from
1: there. Dr. Khan, always such a pleasure. Thank you very much uh, for educating our A-teamers.
0: Thank you, Patricia, and you have a lovely evening.
1: You too.